granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello, underpants. That is hilarious. Just your mouth Rate and review this podcast while my daddy will go into a deep depression. <laughs> Welcome to Grown Dad Business. This is Aaron Cliver. Uh, I apologize for being away for two weeks. It was really busy. I was filming commercials, doing some shows. But we have a great episode today. Also, here with me is my guy, Luke the Nuke. Hello, Luke the Nuke. What the heck are you saying for that? I'm saying hello. Good to see you. Okay. It's my little guy. Luke, uh, tell everybody you just uh, turned how old? 45. You did not turn 45 years old. Yes, I did. You're a 45-year-old man. Yeah. So, do you have a job? No. So, you're a, you're a 45-year-old man and you don't have a job. Yeah. That don't make any sense. Yeah. Are you going to get a job? Nah, forever. You're not going to get a job forever. Mm. But I'm <clears throat> actually... I'm actually five. Oh, you're actually five. Yeah. No, four. No, you're five. No, I'm not even born yet. <laughs> what are you, a ghost? <laughs> um, we just had a fun birthday, didn't we? Yeah. What was your birthday party? Batman. <laughs> you gonna do some beatboxing? There's no farts. <laughs> yes. No farts on the podcast. Just say, hey guys, welcome to Grown Dad Business. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. Our baby throws up on his poopy chance. You don't even make any sense. <laughs> the baby throws up on you? Yeah, it throws up everywhere. <laughs> she does. Well, today, uh, Book the Nuke, um, do you have any advice for anybody? Uh, uh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> let's just say somebody wants to be a comedian. What should, okay. what you, should you tell them about being Who's a comedian? Who wants to be a com- comedian? Um... Everybody's raising their hand. Tell everybody how they should be a good comedian. Uh, I don't know. You don't know? Are you a comedian? Yes, but I don't know because I'm, I'm a kid. Because you're a kid. Kids can be comedians. Yeah, but I don't know how to do stuff like a comedian. Only make funny stuff. Well, that's what comedians do. We do funny stuff. Yeah. What kind of funny stuff do you do? You can't do it. Nobody can see you doing that. Okay. Do you have any funny jokes? Uh, yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? A man with a banana <laughs> on his head. A man with a banana on his head who? Underwear man. Perfect. That's hilarious. <laughs> well, today uh, I have a special guest. He's a comedian named Andy Picaro. Hey, I don't know who he is. He poops his pants on a diapy road. <laughs> on a diapy road? Yeah. Andy, on Andy's a, a funny comedian. He's uh, from New York City, and he's now in Pittsburgh, been doing a lot of comedy. He's, uh, yeah, he just uh, did some comedy festivals. He's done a bunch of comedy festivals, worked some cool clubs, and uh, is a very funny guy. But we talk about something pretty unique about Grown Dad Business. He lost his father on 9 11. He lost his father. When he was not born yet? Nope, when he was little. 
His daddy died. Uh, yep. Isn't that sad? But we talk about that because uh, he lost his dad in 9-11 in September. And uh, we also talk a little bit about uh, kind of the Steve Ranazizi thing about 9-11. You can check that out. Uh, we talk a little bit about that. And we talk a lot about uh, comedy, comedy advice, about lying about credits and your resume and things like that. So, you know, we do stuff like that. You may hear me snapping. I just snap at Luke about doing uh, silly things. Um, but anyway, we're going to have a good show, right, Luke? Luke is my co-host. Not all the time. I got to tell him to stop that. Would you just stop making sounds? You can talk. Just say words. Okay. Who's our sponsor for the podcast? Well, technically me, yeah. Tell them about Puzzle Packs. Do you know about Puzzle Packs? Puzzle Packs have... Fiddles you build with them too. Yeah, you build the puzzle packs. You can hold a six pack of beer or soda pop, right? Or water in it. Or water. You can put bottles of water in it. You go to puzzlepacks.com. That's packs with an X. Use X-T-O-D-O-S. promo code. T O D O S. How do you spell puzzle packs? D O S E E O Y. Correct. Puzzlepacks.com with an X. Go there. Use promo code Aaron. How do you spell Aaron, Luke? A A. RDO. RDO. That's right. It's Ardo. Uh, use the uh, coupon code Aaron, A A R O N, on puzzlepacks.com. That's packed with an X. And uh, it's a pretty cool product. You can put uh, beverages in it, it folds flat. You can carry it with you. Stop spelling things incorrectly. But that's one of our sponsors, guys. Also, my other podcast with Sean Collier, funny comedian. Handle the truth podcast.com. You can't handle the truth. Truth podcast on Twitter. Uh, we do movie reviews and also talk about retro movies. And uh, we are both funny and like movies. So check that out. And uh, follow me on the things on the Instagrams, on the Twitters, on the social meds. And um, I'm doing a lot of shows out of town in the next couple months in October, November, December. So check it out. Are you cl- ticking the clock because I'm taking too long? All right, Luke, take us out with some beatboxing. Okay. Hey, what about How about this one? Other stuff. Ready? Go ahead. No. <laughs> All right, tell everybody to follow your heart. Enjoy Andy. Follow your heart. Enjoy Andy. Da! Bye. Boom. I'm here with my guest, Andy Picaro. Comedian friend, uh, now in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Originally from New York, kind of. Kind of. Jersey. Yeah. Where are you from? I grew up in Jersey, basically, about 30 minutes east of the city. So New York. Or west of the city. So New York. Yeah, New York. Because a lot of people, like, they're like, I'm a New York comic, but then they live in Philly. (laughs) No, yeah, no, I was was in New York every day for those New York days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, No, No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a whole Philly, D.C., Baltimore. It's all those guys say New York. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but you know, if you go to New York once a week and you're doing stand up, no, yeah. you're a New York comic. Well, that's where they get it from is they hear their friends say it and they yeah. all come You're learning. Yeah. You know, I get it. Uh, so usually, you know, I talk to people about kids and stuff. Yeah. But you don't, don't have any. You don't have kids. No. You don't want kids? I, you know, I go back and forth constantly. I don't know. 
I think it's good that guys can wait forever because I I'm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna wait off in the decision. I mean, dude, I you know I, I I'm I feel both ways about it. I probably have talked about this before. Uh, I I probably I'm like Jimmy two times. I'm gonna go get the papers, get the papers because I say things over and over about kids and marriage. But like I'm both ways. Like I'm friends with so many comics that don't have kids, and I'm like I get it. I get it. Like you can grind. You can, you know, I've always, like friends of mine, you know, they'll have breakups with girlfriends and I'm yeah. like, Hey man, now comedy is your girlfriend. Yeah. Like f- forget her, make comedy your girlfriend for like a year and you'll see how much you'll improve. You know what I mean? Um, but like, but also it's like, dude, like until I had kids, I mean, granted I started stand up when my, my first child was six months old, but I was, I doing, really, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I, I started stand-up like six and a half years ago, and my, I guess until I had my second child, my son, like five years ago, I just started talking about kids more because two is such a bigger dynamic. I do material on that. And uh, two, just after two kids, I just started about kids and marriage, and that really, you know, so having kids like made my career with me talking about that stuff i think yeah i think the more you have to talk about the more interesting it is no matter what but um i don't know i i, I would need more than just material out of it i think i i, I don't i don't oh I, yeah yeah yeah. i no. don't think i want one enough yet you know and i just don't i, I have that internal I feeling you know i understand i mean it's also too like i my wife is a person that has wanted kids probably since she was a kid <laughs> like she's she wants you know she loves being a professional mom and wife so that helps. Yeah, well, as weird as it sounds, I like kids, and I almost think having kids would ruin that. Like, I like other people's kids. I like, you know what I mean? I like, I don't hate kids. You would really like your kids. I'm not anti-kid, you know what I mean, at all, but I love the fact that I don't have any. You know, I like it at this moment. Like, I, I like it. quiet. I 100% you know? get it. I like borrowing people's kids. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, you have a really funny joke about that. Yeah, that's actually, it's all, it's comes it's from hysterical. that. Yeah. yeah, see Andy live. Uh, you got anything coming up that you want people to see? You, you were yeah, just in Pittsburgh. You were just at the, uh, at a comedy festival. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Derby City in, uh, in uh, Louisville. Yeah, I kept laughing call, Derby I kept club. thinking I was in Cincinnati. I Good times. For whatever. I'm hoping to be there soon. Um, yeah, it was fun. You got anything coming up in the next month? <sighs> Everything is like uh, VFWs and stuff. Oh, you know what? I'll be at um, Latitude 360. Oh, nice. Uh, November 21st, and that show benefits uh, the uh, troops. It's a veteran uh, benefit show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, people from Pittsburgh listening, they can see you all around yeah. Pittsburgh. Do you have your dates anywhere? Yeah, andypcomedy.com. You got andypcomedy.com. Yeah, yeah. That's Andy Picofino is no, so mad. D- <laughs> He's so mad. <laughs> it was the spelling of the last name that never is right, even on posters, which drives me crazy. And a Facebook age, a name should never be wrong on a poster. Dude, it's Facebook. You got it right there. I know. I, you know, mine is AaronKleiber.com, yeah. and uh, I just, because of this podcast, got Grown Dad Business. And now I'm just putting GrownDadBusiness.com. It's a stronger brand. Something can be it goes to my website yeah. anyway. And it's part of my brand. Yeah. And it's the name of my podcast. I used to do Mark and Andy. Okay. Uh <laughs> But, like, now I just have that on my Instagram and stuff like that. And, you know, um, we're doing dates now. We're doing dates. I do dates early. I don't mm-hmm. like when people do dates later. Yeah, see, Because no one's going to listen. I, I know. October 25th, I'm in, um, what do you call I'm in Altoona. Oh. The Altoona Grand Hotel. So you're doing big things. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> really exciting. Now, I'm trying to think of things that are local because everything I'm doing is, like, believe it or not, that's the closest. A lot of fire hall. You know that, that. 
Yeah. You've been, you went through all that. You yeah. Know? yeah. I still I still throw in some fire halls. Not, not that they're not important to me, but they all run together, so I can't remember their names. Yeah, no, you know, I, you know, I know I have like no, seven on the schedule. But. I am, uh, as people are listening to this, I'm at the World Series of Comedy in Las Vegas. That's fun. Oh, great. That's and then the week after that, I'll be at uh, Deja Vu in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, Mizzou. Did I say Mizzou? It's yeah. Deja Vu because the zoo or the vu, I don't, I don't know. How they do it? Something. At least it's not a chuckles or a. a f- no, no, no. It's a great club. I was there last year. It's yeah, a, it's an awesome club. And uh, I hate the stupid names of the clubs. I know because it, it feels like what you're doing isn't justified yet when you have a wacky name. You know? I always like making up names of clubs. It's like a fun game. Um. So yeah, I'll be doing stuff like that, and I got a lot of road dates coming. I'm going. I'm coming to. Geez, I'm co- I'm coming to Charlotte. Uh. York, PA. I'll be in. I'm headlining in Ontario, California in December. I'll be in Toronto. Uh, New Year's Eve, I'll be in Toledo. So I got some fun stuff coming up. You just remind me, I'll be in Cleveland on the uh, September 30th at a drag club, Bounce Nightclub, which I'm actually excited for. Oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't, All right. I've never, you know, heart. hey. Uh, so we talk about comedy, we talk about growing up, stuff like that. So how was uh, how was growing up so close to New York? It was awesome. I yeah. mean, just being like a, a forty minute train ride, you yeah. Know, and the, around fourteen fifteen is when you started to be able to go in by yourself, go to concerts, and come right home and stuff. So there'd be everybody from the school going in, yeah. You know, at seven, coming back at eleven. It'd be like the whole, you know, like the eighth graders all the way up Dude. to the seniors all having that experience. It was really it was neat, but it was also like I'm New Yorked out, down New York. Yeah, like three days is like max. I'm itching to leave. I could really? be in the nicest hotel. In yeah, the world, I, uh, and I, I want to leave. I have three not days. experienced New York as much as uh, I've wanted to. Like I've only been there twice, and one was oh, really? for yeah. I've been That's there. It was really hard to believe. I've been there twice, and they were both for TV. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's I, a good reason to go. Yeah, I don't like. I'm like, well, I mean, I went. I did my Gotham comedy live there, and I was there for probably 16 hours because I was going from Fort Lauderdale, had to go to New York, and then fly back and do Miami the next day. So I just had to fly up and then I auditioned for America's got talent this year. And that was a, I was already in Hartford that weekend and I just drove down to New York for like the day. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to know enough people in New York where I could go up and do some spots and stuff like that. Well, yeah, the, New York's all about spots. <clears throat> it's not about yeah. getting work or working. Yeah. And that's the fun thing about New York. It's just all about what, what room can you get on on what night? And then you try and make it a better room. Like you try and make your Monday room a better room. You're always yeah. trying to get that better contact because it starts at the awful rooms and then goes up to the very best in the world. So it's yeah. like this huge gauntlet I, of I, comedy. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I just want to go up and uh, for me, I guess doing New York would be validation. You know, like when you go to really good clubs, you know, I was just at the Comedy Attic. You know, it's supposed to be one of the, you know, yeah. it, it is one of the best clubs in the country. So like going there and doing well, but that's the same feel with New York is like, I want to go there and see if I'm funny in New York. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, it's a good litmus test. Well, it's, it's a, and it's just, it's not that it's completely different. Cause a lot of times in New York, you're doing comedy for people from the Midwest. You know what I mean? A lot of people think that they're going to go to New York and that it's right away. It's going to be this smart comedy. Right. It's great. But when, especially when you start at the bottom rungs, you're doing showcases in Times Square people who paid like four bucks you know what no, I mean? I've, so I've, all, I've i've heard that when you go do some shows like it's really people that are tourists and are like let's go see a new york comedy show yeah yeah so that's fine with me i mean i've played a ton of midwest exactly it'll be the same exactly. yeah it's no yeah. problem so uh 
so growing up in New York, when did you start comedy? Um, I, my first open mic was right after uh, I graduated high school, like a month maybe. Where was in it? '04 New York Comedy Club. '04. And I did two mics back to back the same night, maybe an hour separating them. And then I didn't do another mic again for maybe a year. Wow. So I, and I did, but I did well. And I think that was the important thing was that I had this. And that's why I didn't do it again, too. What year did you start? 2004? 2004. But I didn't get back on stage probably till late 05. Wow. Yeah. So growing, growing up, like what made you funny? Were your parents funny? Do you, you don't have any siblings, do you? Um, I have one little brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> family it was my friends were all fun we were all funny everybody yeah. was funny like you know there was like 15 of us there was is, is it like everybody it, was funny. is it a, is a stereotype where like every movie you see like new york kids are funny yeah every you just shit it's on each other up. constantly yeah yeah, all, yeah all it is 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 bringing each other down and making fun of each other <laughs> like that, that that was the most fun thing about it like i'll never laugh as hard as i did it with those guys those, yeah. those guys make me laugh harder than anybody in the world yeah yeah i'd still say my high school friends you'll never me laugh hard no movie or anything you watch will make That's you laugh true. as hard as your five friends from high school can yeah, I mean, my college friends, mate, we laugh. Well, yeah, the same, you know what I mean? That, yeah, that it's the age same thing. Group, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't go to college. So, so my oh, high okay. school friends yeah, are so my nostalgic it. friends, yeah. So, like, what's, like, so your parents weren't funny, or, like, it was just, you, you I mean, I know you I well enough. to say that, but no, they weren't probably. I don't think it was a very, I, not that they weren't funny. I think they were medium, they were average level of funny. And at home, I'm not, like, in my personal life, I'm really not that funny. It really is something that needs to click on for No, me. you're pretty low-key. Yeah, it, it needs to click on, or I'm not, uh. Yeah. You know, it's part of these doing these things I got to figure out. Sometimes I just talk it's and I fine. forget that there's an entertainment side to it. There's not. People are going to listen. People, people don't have to go on here and be entertaining. No, I know. And I'm never going to be that guy that's always on. I like to just talk. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it is something that you got to kind of learn. Uh, yeah, to, for sure. You know, harness. Yeah, you can't, especially like if you do radio and stuff like that, you yeah. like, you got to go on and have some of your stage persona because you're just going on like, yeah, man, like, um, you know, I just read USA Today and work out. Yeah. So there's cool. no, let's go to break. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, no, there's that, I need that immediate response, I guess, to feel like I'm doing yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, was you, what about your brother? What's your brother? Is brother your brother funny? Is actually a great musician. He's really yeah? great guitar player. Yeah, and he's trying to get into that world down in Orlando in Florida. Yeah, he's in Florida. Yep, he's in Orlando. What did he go to? Like Full Sail or something? Yes, he like? did. See, look, exactly. I knew there was yep. something there. He went to Full Sail. He went to like one, like a half a year there. Yeah, and then he just started playing like local bands and trying to get like you know back. So he's still there. Stuff like that. He's still there. Yeah, in Orlando. Yeah, I think he thinks about moving, but I think he likes where he's at for right now. Yeah. Wow. Um. This, I don't know how. Which is, by the way, have you been to Orlando? Yeah. What a what a place that is. I, I mean, not to offend any of our Orlando it's a, listeners, but man, it's it's, a, it's an interesting place. Yeah, going to visit him is Disney. It, really makes that. It's I've, Disney and it's gun stores and strip clubs. That's basically Orlando. Yeah, it feels like uh, it's just a huge Walmart outside of Disney. <laughs> <laughs> it does seem like it's just a flea market and people live there. That's yes. all of Orlando. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and there's just a tilt-a-whirl in the middle of it and a castle. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. It's when whenever rednecks meet the city, and we have that in Pittsburgh too, yeah. which is, again, something I didn't have in Jersey and New York. Yeah, yeah. Up. I had a very yuppie upbringing, yeah, yeah. you know, where everybody, like we joke about you, talk about growing up, the town I grew up in, all of my friends, and I have friends that are making six figures, some of them seven figures, wow. and we all talk about the fact that no matter what we do, we won't be able to afford to live in the town we grew up in. Really? Yeah. It was that. I have it, a it polar was, opposite. It, it was ridiculous. I mean, the, the looking back at it, we all lived in like five-star hotels and then bitched about our lives. Like we, it, it was, it was an amazing place to live and grow up, and we all thought it was terrible. You know what I mean? And then you, yeah. you move out and you realize, oh, that was great. I'll never have that again. That was an amazing. Place. I uh, 
well, I mean, yeah, you grew up in a nice neighborhood, and I don't, I don't know how to transition into this, but uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Dude. No, it's weird. Uh, but like, your dad w- did pretty well. He worked in mm-hmm. insurance. That's right. In uh, the, one of the World Trade Centers, he was he was in a meeting uh, on uh, September 11th, and uh, for with Aon Insurance, he worked on the 104th floor. Yeah, and yeah. So, but it wasn't like that. When I say he was in a meeting and he, he died, that they didn't make it out. And when I say he was in a meeting, sometimes people go, "Oh my god, that makes the story work." But he was there all the time. Right. It would right, almost right. be like right, you know, yeah, yeah. something happened. God forbid, at one of the open mics, and people be like, "I can't believe that comic was there." Well, that's nah, right, right, right. You know, insurance guys were in yeah. the buildings constantly. It was an insurance hub. Yeah. For, you I know, just I like you know I told I told Andy I don't know who I'm talking to but uh, <laughs> no I told Andy it's interesting to talk about that because there's a couple things going on I mean it's September yeah and uh, you know I think a, a comic going through that and someone going through that like I can only think of you and Pete Davidson yeah you know uh, I'm sure there's other comics I don't know many young like I don't know many New York comics you know what's interesting is is a lot is it and I hadn't I don't I'd only seen Pete maybe four or five times in the past six years the last time i saw yeah. him, i got to work with him here at the improv yeah and that came up and we really couldn't think of anybody like i couldn't think of anybody yeah and he couldn't and i don't live there anymore and he's at a level where he's not meeting new people so it's definitely possible there's somebody else yeah yeah but neither of us could think of anybody i yeah. just think it's really fascinating because you know it, that happening in 2001 and you know you starting comedy in 2004 yeah i mean what what kind of impact did that have on you starting comedy I think it totally changed with starting comedy. I, I think that I probably would have went into the financial world. Yeah. Because it was just the easy thing. I mean, not that it was the easy thing to do, and I blame any friends that right. do that for doing that, but I mean, it's very enticing to just walk, to go get a four-year degree. And again, we lived in one of the few places in the country where you could go yeah. get the degree, and no matter what, you're going to have a hookup. Yeah. Because all of our dads did something. You know what I mean? That so, be able to it, so you graduated in 2004. 2004, yeah. And so like, you never thought about going to college. Was it kind of a... I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, it happened in 01. And at that point, when it happened, actually, was when I was really realizing that sports were over for me. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I tore yeah. my ACL. And I was actually coming back from AC, from uh, actually a patella surgery because I had problems with my patella. Then I, was coming, I had a bunch of knee issues, four surgeries, and that's been yeah. like two years. And it was right around that time. So at the same time, sports went away. Yeah. And like fun and women and drugs and all that stuff came into the picture. (laughs) Yes. And it sort of transitioned the way I looked at things. I I really went from, you know, okay, well, I can play hockey or football at a D3 school, maybe. You know what I mean? Exactly what happened with me. Yeah. Or I could have this fun life where I'm like an artist. And I really took like the beatneck thought where I was like, you know, and then that's what I did. I moved right to the West Village as soon as I graduated. I didn't even wait for summer to be over. I moved, I moved in and uh, I graduated like June 25th. And I moved in, like, by the end of July, I was in my apartment. Now, like, I know that, I mean, everybody knows, like, you know, you get some sort of settlement and stuff like that. Like, how how much did that help to be able to do that? Oh, my God. I mean, mean, obviously it did. It's been, I mean, it's been, and it's weird because uh, it's not like money. When you get settlement money, it's like, it's not the money that, obviously, anybody saved for you. So you have a different feeling with it, too. It's like this prize. So you don't really hold on to it. I probably should have held on to it better. But, yeah, no, it was... I, uh, I invested it all in the market with my dad's broker friends. And yeah. for those first four years, it did so well Wow! that I didn't think, not only did I think I'd ever have to earn a living, but I thought I'd never have to, you know, even like live poorly. I thought I'd, I'd be fine the rest of my life right. living well. And then, and then the crash in 08 is when, really? that's when comedy picked up for me. Really? Because it became real that I didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and that I was going to have to eventually make money. And uh, so 08, 09, when, I, when, when the crash happened and 
I literally lost, you know, half of my investments. Wow. Uh, I started to think, oh, you know, there was yeah. a big push. Because, yeah, you know, you talked about having kids. Like, yeah. whenever you have to do it, you do it more. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's definitely. Yeah, I think it's just, it's, I think it's just a fascinating dynamic for, like, what I usually talk about on here that, you know, you went through that with a parent. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, and, and it's definitely something that, you know, I like talking to comics that, you know, something in their childhood shaped them to be a comic. You know, and it was a, was it kind of like we were just like I'm just gonna follow my dreams and do what I love. Well, I always was wanted I thing? always wanted to kind of be like a screenwriter. Like I actually wrote screenplays when I was in middle school. I wrote like two okay. feature length screenplays on index paper. I still I have them. Have to read those. Yeah, oh my, they're a mess, but they're kind of kind of. Oh, I have fun high school screenplays. Yeah, and I and I wrote two in high school too. I wrote two over those four years. So that's really what I wanted. That's yeah. what I kind of wanted to do. But the thought of going to NYU or USC. My grades were terrible always. I was yeah. not good at school. Just I didn't want to do school. I hated school. Yeah. And the thought of more school. Right. So I went to New York Film Academy, which was yeah, yeah. kind of a school. I've heard. It's a better school now. Sure. But when I went uh, yeah, there, I've heard that it also. wasn't even accredited. Right. Like, I learned a lot. Oh, I remember when it was in the back of filmmaking magazines. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was a comedy festival. And that's what it was. I forget the name of the dude. It was this rich Broadway producer that owned yeah. the school. Right. And um, and it was actually, like, it was a good school, but you only you got in what you you know, you, you didn't really take away anything from it. Like the certificate from graduating from there didn't right. mean anything. Right. It, I mean, but it sounds awesome. Yeah. No. And it, you know, it was, I learned a lot as far as writing and it made me that year though, the plan was to do stand up, but I was so, I had stage fright for whatever reason yeah. that year. And I didn't, I didn't do stand up once that year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not once, which I can't, and looking back and then I did it for two years and then in, around at some point in, well, not even, I did it for about a year and a half and then. And like late 07, I quit. Or no, early 06, I quit for like two years. Really? Yeah, almost like a year and a half. I'd Did say. you ever feel pressure from your mom? No, uh, she's been cool with it. Yeah? Like, you know, is like, it because of like the tragedy? It's like, Andy, do what you want. I think my mom was in such a unique position that she didn't have to worry about us, you know, going broke, me or my brother. Right. You know what I mean? So was there, wasn't, a, there wasn't any kind of other those stresses in life yeah exactly right. which is good but it also brings out you start analyzing every other stress when you have enough money yeah. to take care of everything yeah everything else becomes a problem sure yeah that makes sense wow but it was fun i lived 10 years like they were like i really got my worth out of that money like i, I mean lived ten, I, I lived 10 years like i was like Lindsay lohan i i i mean i'm i'm good enough friends with you where i've heard stuff i don't <laughs> want to bring up stuff that you've no, told me I, no i mean i don't even it's, i just think it's yeah. always fascinating like you know you were like i lived at the beverly hills hotel yeah, for a little bit it was <laughs> like, it certainly what? did it was amazing yeah, yeah. And but it's 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 weird. It's stuff I wouldn't even think to do now, though. Sure, you know. So it's like people are like, "Well, do you miss?" It? And it's like, of course, I miss having that amount of money. But it was yeah. one of those things where if I don't think about it, if it was a bigger number, I don't know if I'd ever would have started doing comedy. If it was a big enough number where I could right. have taken the hit I took in the market, right. and, and kept rolling. Yeah, I, I think it was a blessing that it, that it ran. Yeah, I, I really think that I wouldn't have because I, I liked comedy and I was good at it. Yeah, but zero part of me put a, like real effort into it. Yeah. until I felt like I needed to do it as a career. Do you think that that shaped you as a comedian anyway, or like yeah, I, as I, a person? I mean, how did that? I don't. I so wanted to do it growing up, but I'm not sure had everything were you know. Had my because if my dad lived, I'm sure I would have gone to college. I'm sure I'd have lost that argument. I would have gone to a real <laughs> right, college. right, right, right. I, I, I don't know. I, it's hard to say that that would have because I st- stood in the way because it almost seems like I'm, I'd be, I'd blame my dad for not doing it. But I just don't right. think life would have. It wouldn't have been as easy an option. Yeah, things would have been different. It wouldn't have been an easy option at all. I couldn't right. imagine in New York. I knew people who had full time jobs. To live in New York, you got to make a lot of money, even to live in yeah. a shitty place. So if you want, yeah, even to live in a shitty so place, so if you want to live seventy five grand a year, yeah, at least. I, I mean, well. I, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, you're looking at, if you want to rent a shitty place, that's going to be like twenty to $30,000. So right there. Gosh. So, I mean, it's to do a day job in New York and start doing comedy and all that stuff. I don't know if I would have had it in me. Right. So, yeah, the money made a huge difference with that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it's such a fascinating dynamic. I, I just, because, you know, I come from a childhood of abuse and, you know, living in a nice place and then being transported to the projects. <laughs> really? Yes, yeah. It's, uh, uh, so it's just, I, I find it always fascinating that people go through, the people that go through hardships growing up that become comedians. You know what I mean? And yours was not like a gradual thing that no. people grew up with, like in abuse or. You know, be, being like, you know, poor or things like that, you were kind of struck with something that was life changing. Yeah. And, and again, I, I, I always wanted to do comedy, but without that happening the way it did, um, I'm not sure I would have it would have ended up happening because it would have been like I said, not that it's easy, but it would have been very enticing to yeah. just go work for my dad's company, get a get a four year degree in business. Right. And just go work there. And, and if I had done that, the hours I would have put in and the right. money I would have been making. I don't think I ever would have been able to you yeah, know, wouldn't sneak have out a, to an open mic on Mondays. Probably and would not have been a thought. No, it would have been like an afterthought. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one. It is the silver line. Like the like the money was a was one thing, but the real silver lining was I think being able to do what I wanted to do. Did you think like uh, I mean like I'm asking a rhetorical question for mm. me, but like do you think because uh, I know you like you you had some money and you kind of was it kind of exploratory for you just to kind of like grow up. And like travel around the country, yeah. and no, it, well, it would totally was. I think that not that you need money to do that, but it, it helps with anything. Uh, oh, it yeah. makes it a lot easier. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, that's why my life is so di- without that whole instance happening. Yeah, you know, it, I, I don't even know how to compare it to yeah. what it would would have been if he had right. lived. Yeah. Well, the other thing that you and I talked about is you know uh, Steve ran his easy thing. Yeah, yeah. The ran his easy thing. I mean, I. I was just awestruck because I'm, I'm friends with him. Yeah. And I've heard he's I a good guy from a lot a of dude. people. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's helped me get, you know, do things in LA. And so it kind of blew me away. And like, what was your first initial reaction? My initial, I mean, I, we talked about it. Cause it, it was such a, to me, um, right when I was starting, cause this would have been right around. Let me, let me yeah. preface and say, people might not know what oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, go ahead. It's not everybody knows Steve Ren is easy. Yeah. Steve Ren is easy is on the league. He's a stand-up comic that tours nationally. Really funny guy. Really nice guy. You know, basically for years, uh, he said that he was in the World Trade Center. He escaped yeah. the World Trade Center, and you know, people are saying that like his wife kind of was also part of that story. Was she there too? I, they, neither of them were there. She was supposed to be at the World Financial Center, I guess, is the story that's right. coming out. Which, to me, is the weirdest part. Is his wife lied about it, too. It was a team well, that's lie. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. And so it's just fascinating just knowing him a little bit. Just like, what? Like what? Well, you know, it's just I, I, it's just so weird to me. It's the same. It's like we all find out like weird things that aren't true about friends. And you get that sure. weird feeling. Sure. And this is just it to like the nth degree. Right. And for me, I don't know him personally at all. Yeah. Uh, but that story came. The story I heard his story of of, of uh, escaping. It was like that Pauly Shore documentary, right? Yeah. And uh, was there something on me? Hold the mic up there. Hold it here. I don't want the break or something. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're right. I know. I have this weird. That's the way I hold it on stage. I um, didn't get a settlement, Andy. Okay. <laughs> I got favorite. Well, yeah. Try, and I can't break your mic because mine's running out, so I can't afford to get you a new one. Sorry. Uh, but um, when you first heard when about I first it. heard about it, yeah, it really affected me. Like it really, like I really liked the story. But it, I, I did think it was weird that he said he was on the fifty fourth floor. Yeah, because it sounded high to make it out. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, because because that would have been relatively close to the impact zone. So there it would was, have been there was specifics. Yeah, there were specifics. He, he was on the fifty fourth floor, which kind of screwed him because Merrill Lynch not only wasn't in that building, they weren't on the fifty fourth floor, obviously either. So they completely. So if you're gonna lie, you better yeah. Get the he should have fact. I, I think what happened is he didn't think he was gonna be a big enough star for this to matter. Right. I think we all think that we think that we'll do well enough, but well, nobody, <laughs> nobody thinks that the the cover will be blown off their life. Like if he was just a normal guy. Yeah. And say he kept the level of fame where he's just a touring comic, a good yeah. touring comic. This probably never gets – but because once you have a, you know, a few million people looking into who you are yeah. and everything you've well, said. Well, and, I, and I, I told you from, from personal experience, like, uh, this, is, this is nowhere near what this is. But I think it just talks – like, it speaks a little bit to comedians embellishing and making up credits and things like that. Like, I've always said, like, I don't go on stage with uh, a Second City credit. I don't do that. I mean, I took a la carte classes at Second City over a short period of time, less than a year. And I, you know, I don't, I know so many people that went through the two and a half year conservatory that earned that, that, you know, the people that could have auditioned for Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. Because I think when you say that, you know, people put you in this caliber of, you know, improviser or comedy writer where they're like, oh, they did the thing. You know, it's in my bio that I took classes there. It's on my resume that took classes there, but it's something I've always been like, man, like I don't, I don't want, I don't want to lie about that because I respect the process and the prestige of it. No, I have a very specific thing like that. Um, on my website, in my bio, yeah. um, when I first started in New York, I started a place called the comedy village. It was run by this guy named PJ Landers, who was an old school New York guy. And, uh, and it was, uh, a guy named Duncan J would book me to do the check spots, which is just, you know, an yep. awful spot when frame doesn't know comedy, when the checks drop and no one's paying attention to anything. That's yeah. when you go up and do eight minutes and then like a real headliner comes on and does sure. like 15. And the way that they would try and get people in was they would tell you that you were opening for these people. Right. But really you're going up like seventh and they're going up eighth. Right. It was, they weren't lying. You know what I mean? Like, well, no. And, but I, but I remember, but, du- but Duncan kind of clarifying to me, and this was years later that it wasn't really opening. Right. So you can't really say that you were opening. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and to their fairness to them, they didn't, they, I was such a young comic that yeah. I really, I really believed in everyone took, and everyone in New York took that credit who worked there. Right. Besides right. me. Yeah. And, right. and I took it for a while and then I realized it's just worked with. Yeah. So yeah, I changed yeah. that line on my bio instead of open for, right. It's worked with. Cause that's, cause right, that's right, 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 the truth. Right. Cause open yeah. for, cause once I got into the business, I realized open for is a whole thing. Open for is four days. Yeah in a club, yeah. you know, like one or two shows a night. That, well, it's a that's, whole, instead of, it's not just being on a showcase with somebody. Right. And so even that little lie bothered me so much, like yeah. something that I could have totally gotten away with right. in technicality. I, I got horrified by and yeah. realized, shit, people are reading this the wrong way. I mean, way. I'm, I, I, I'm not trying to say like, I'm like Dudley do right. Yeah. But like, there's even, even like, you know, I have a, a like a, uh, kind of like a non-public page on my website that I send to bookers. Yeah. And like, I have like codes, like footnotes Yeah, where it's like, you know, these people I have toured with, these are people that have requested me in multiple cities. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and then it's like people that I've just, you know, have opened for a couple times. Yeah. You know, at clubs. Uh, but you know, and that speaks a lot to, Hey comedians, if you're listening, you know, uh, it's just like, yeah, like I, you know, open for this person. It, you really didn't, you know, you, you really like, uh, and a lot of comics don't realize too, that it's pretty easy to check. It's especially like working clubs. Like we know comics that say like, I've worked oh, yeah. these clubs and really, you know, they did an open mic there. 
You know, like I, I, you know, and this is, I'm speaking to comedians, giving you some comedy advice. I'm, I'm nobody, but I'm just saying, you know, I had a booker call me and says, do you know this guy? He says that he worked this club. And I'm like, no, he did not. Yeah. And it happens all the time. He's done an open mic. You can't do that because that example right there, that booker called two or three comics and said, has these guys worked these clubs? And they said, no. You know, they, they check on that stuff. And that's what came up with the Rand Azizi thing this weekend when I was talking to comics about it, was that it's so easy for bookers to go, ooh, I don't like this guy already. Yes. And you, you could be the most likable guy in the world. Yeah. There's, a, there's a handful of bookers. You could be the most likable comic ever. There's a handful of bookers in this country that will never book you. Right. Right? It's just the way it works. Right. And every booker that can get turned off you so easily. Yeah. It's such an e- where you mean it's to the waitress. one little thing. And now that there's this whole weird thing around him. Yep. It, we were all saying that put aside how shitty you feel about maybe how what he right. said was. Is he going to be able to talk clubs and to have him come in for a full weekend? Still, well, that's you know? the thing, too. It's like, you know, uh, you can be a mediocre comic and a really, really nice guy. And that'll put you on the fence with bookers. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, you know what? He's a good guy. I want to give him a chance. You know, oh, he's, all, he's, he's all right. Yeah, the tiebreaker is if you're all right. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. He's all right. But then when they find out you lie about your resume – Game over. Yeah. That's game over. And that's the thing about him is that it was such a part of his, his resume. Like I told you earlier, like in New yeah. York, he was referred to as the guy who made it out. Remember, he's the guy. Because this is when he was first in like 05, 06, 07. Huh. He was a good comic, but he yeah. wasn't really known. But people like me, like especially knew who he was. I'm sure right. Pete. I haven't talked to Pete about this. I'm going to see Pete in like a week. At yeah. the, at, I, that's actually something. At, at, uh, on the 27th, uh, at the University of Pittsburgh, Pete Davidson's coming. Oh, cool. And so... I think I'm opening for him. He's such a funny, he's a, such a 21 year old kid where he just, yeah. he just sent me a text going, yo, 27th Pittsburgh, you around? I was like, yeah. He's like, I'm doing a college. I'm like, all right. I was like, which one? And he's like, I don't know. I think it's the big one. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I think that means I'm opening for you. I'll see you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause he's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very uh, free form, I guess right. is what we'll say. But, um, so it'll be interesting talking to him about it because he obviously knows him. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and he knows him a lot better than I, uh, than, you know, I, I would know just reading things. I know you know him too. Yeah. So I hate to judge the guy too much, but to me, I judge him more because of how much I like that story. Yeah. Well, do you know what I mean? Cause I mean, it, it was can, the, it was the story. It was the story that I liked. Right. Um, I try and take myself out of the personal thing. Like yeah. I try and have it be two events. Cause I think family right. members who stay too tied into how personal it is, they'll just never stop arguing and yelling about mm. things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a weird thing that like, um, Man, like, and then, you know, like, comedians do embellish things. Oh, yeah, you have comedians to. Comedians embellish time. things. Yeah. I mean, that's what we do on stage. But I think everyone, I think it goes down to everyone embellishes things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, sure, absolutely. I bet this story made oh, this everybody. This party was nuts. Yeah, every, yeah, this story made everybody think of the one time where yeah. they have a douche chill moment where, like, oh, I hope my girlfriend doesn't realize that's a lie. Everyone yeah. has that one little thing yeah. where it's not even a bad but lie. But this is a big one. It, this one is just so big and it's this so big is, with people. Like, yeah. I, was, I was explaining to my wife the story. And I, I, I just kind of thought, you know, this is like, you ever see those videos online, which I really, really like, of uh, like soldiers calling out fake soldiers? Oh, yeah, the Soul and Valor the ones. Best. Yeah, those are great. It's yeah. the best. I definitely watched I mean, a lot of those. it's kind of like up there. Yeah, no, I, I like think it's... The, when it's, someone's like, yeah, I, I served in Desert Storm. It's and a great you're example. Like, you're like, you were 16. Yeah. What? Or like, there's one, there, one of the best of those videos is a dude walking around Black Friday in a mall and he has a uniform on and I guess he was getting special treatment and stuff like that. And I, another, a a real, you know, military personnel, soldier, whatever, uh, 
called him out. He was yeah. like, your patches aren't even right. Yeah. Started asking him questions and started berating him as people were circling around them. And that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, ugh, geez. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. It's painful. The only thing that he, um, you know, the only people who were really worse are the people who tried to lie for money to get that settlement money. Right. Because that did happen. There were tons of accounts of that. Oh, is it because like people couldn't be identified? Yes, exactly. So like, like, like my dad, since he didn't work in the building, and since any identification of who was in the building and who wasn't was completely destroyed, yeah. there was we had to wait for the death certificate for a while. Like we wow. had to real we had to get affidavits from people because only six people lived that were in the meeting. It was there were like fifty six or fifty seven people who went in and six people came out. How did they get out? Um, they left right away when the first building was hit. Wow! They went down right away, and everybody else there was like either. Figuring you know, out what was going on. Yeah, there was like on. a 10 oh, sure. minute to 15 minute lag or they stayed up until it was hit. And once it was hit, especially if you were on, you know, that high up, you weren't nobody. There's stories of people making it through, but it's just kind of the same thing where no one's going to question those stories. Like yeah, people say sure. they climbed through the wreckage zones. Right. But people say that probably didn't happen. The stuff was just too hot. There, yeah, they, right, right. They probably didn't, but they probably did make it through something terrible. So you don't really want to call them out and go, well, there's no way you made it through the... Right, right, and who right. knows? Maybe some of them are lying because it's a better story. Sure. But it's like the same but thing. But that's either here nor there. It, but that's an, it's also a New York thing. And people used to joke about Everybody has a story that brings them 10 degrees closer to 9-11 than they sure, were that day. Sure, sure. Everyone has some story about somebody who wasn't really their friend, but they know who died or right, somebody... Right, right. Or something they were doing that day, or where they washed it from. Everybody embellished it a little bit. So right. even with that day, it's embellished a little bit. And that's but, true. You know, that's true because yeah. even even the people like I've heard, um, uh, I guess when you see people, uh, I, okay, I've talked to people personally, and also uh, the what was what it was the fifteenth anniversary. 14th. 14th anniversary. Well, I guess the last year or two, it's been much bigger because of Facebook. Mm. But I've talked to people personally and seen people, like, remember it on Facebook on the anniversary. And it seems like every single person I've talked to in person or on Facebook saw the towers fall from their window or rooftop. Yeah. I'm like, no, you you didn't. All of you? No, you are – you're gone. Then again, if you have that opportunity, you probably did sit there and you could not stop looking at it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, and there were plenty of people who did. I used to do – because I do some 9-11 material and I used to have a joke about people – about everyone saying that they were there. Yeah. And people say they were there. People who watched it from the 90 – like a 92nd Street balcony. Right. You know, know, 100 blocks away, four miles away. Right, right, right. I was there that day. You know what I mean? It's it's a very weird thing. Uh, so, but it's just, and especially in New York or on the East coast, it's so temperamental. Like yeah. it's, it's something that can really set people off really quick that I don't see how he could work there at least for a few years. Like it's gotta right. be something like in Jersey and he lives in Long Island too, which makes it even worse. Like, cause it's so, yeah. it's such a big deal. Like, like I said, the fact that I even do nine 11 material in New York, uh, is cause my, if I don't clarify that my dad died, I could get a, a fucking fork in my eye. Yeah, you know what I mean? Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, you got to preface that. Yeah, absolutely. Because right. I mean, it is something people go and rightfully oh, sure. so. You yeah, know what sure, I mean? Because yeah, because it was because even though I was a family member, like it didn't like it didn't ruin my apartment. You know right. what I mean? It didn't. Uh, I wasn't a firefighter who was down there for six months who now has cancer. Like a lot right, of people's right, right. lives are still yeah, yeah. awful. Right from that day, and so it's a huge thing. So, uh, dude, yeah. how about the emergency workers, like the firefighters that aren't getting like health care? That's the kind of the, if Holy I were that, that's the kind of uh, those foundations are the ones that I would promote if I wow. ever had the money and, and chance to right. 
to really uh, promote something, that's what I would go back because yeah, it's amazing. I didn't even know of that until a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, it's I, so I didn't crazy. really know all that was true. Yeah, I mean, and I know that uh, you and I were talking. I mean, I dug it into it a little bit. Mm. I didn't want to because I like Steve so much, and like I was just like I don't even want to know. I don't like, but I know that he's kind of backtracked in the last four or five years and tried to like you know has said that it's been embellished uh, and said that like well no those facts are a little skewed and things like that. And I appreciate that, you know, like I do. Uh, and I mean, I'm not that I'm trying to defend the guy, but it's, you know, we've all been caught in in embellishments and lies, but you picked the wrong one. It's just such a weird one. It, it, it's such a weird lie. Like, like, and especially to be in the public eye, like if you just found out your buddy down the street who you'd known for years made the, made up this lie. Right. Oh yeah, you'd be like, you'd be so what? weirded out. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things, like where yeah. you find out little things like that. You're just because we even know some people locally between yeah. the two that we know people who we know they're lying about certain things. Oh, absolutely. And it, it doesn't make us hate them, right? But it certainly holds them back in a lot of ways. Oh, it you know absolutely. What I mean? in, in a like, lot of ways. I mean, there are people that have done have made up like credits or stories and things like that, and I'm like, it 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 always makes me say, well, if you're the kind of person to do that, yeah, like come on. Well, that's the thing that weirded me out the most is that his family was that his wife was in on it too. Yeah, and and, and I think that you know uh, that that's got to be because the first thing I thought was, man, what's he going to tell his wife? He lied to her about being there, and then I remembered in my head, huh. I was like, wait, she's part of the story. Huh? He had to find her too. She was in the other tower, so it was. It's wow. just so it's bizarre on so many. Le- I can't imagine knowing them personally. Yeah, the, the kind of like being friends with them would probably throw you off so that much. Story's now. probably been. Yeah, because you know he had to kind of follow it up, and probably in confidence, there might have been a few people who knew he lied. But man, oh. it's yeah, it's just ultimate douche chills. And like I said, I went from, and it's not that I don't like his comedy. I'm just pretty snobby with comedy. I don't particularly like his comedy, but I yeah. liked him a lot because yeah, yeah. of that story. You know what I mean? It made man. me follow him. Well, and you know, and comics don't realize, man. Like uh, you know, like I said, taking it down way. <laughs> taking it down a, a bunch of notches it's just once again like it's just you can't you don't lie about stuff like that yeah like i had i had somebody i always tell this story about credits like people lying about credits yeah. uh this dude came into town and he told me to say uh you know he was on last comic standing and Again, a very easy one to find out because it's all on IMDb. It's all so. So I did on Thursday night, and then I found out he was in line, and they they like panned the screen and got asked a question on camera. (laughs) And he's going on stage to Last Comic Standing the rest of the weekend. I did not say it. I would not say it, and he didn't say a word. Like I'm like, no, dude, no way, dude, no, no. No, because I've I also I know people who've done that exact same thing. They were in the room for yeah. when the camera panned, and they literally used that. I was on last comic stand. Oh, jeez. You know, uh, I, I worked with a guy one time who said, um, "Hey, uh, you know, just just to, to freshen up, you know, your credits and stuff. Why don't we say that you uh, did I Love the '80s?" And uh, I'll tell you who this was after. He'll, he said, "He said, why don't we just say you did I Love the '80s?" And uh, it was oh, and Premium Blend. And I was like, because <laughs> he, he wanted to run it in the paper. Yeah. And I was like, it's fine if you say that. If you want the MC to say that before I get up, if you're going to say that, it's right, right, but, right. But don't print that. Yeah, you, no. Because I was like 16 in Premium Blend. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. At its last run, like I was not even in comedy. Well, like so, it's it's. I, I was on Gotham Comedy Live yeah. on Access, and people all the time will say he's been on Comedy Central, and I'm like, no. I, I have to correct them because I'd be mortified yeah. if any comic or anybody was like, Cliver's out there saying he was on Comedy Central. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, no, I was not on Live at Gotham. It's Gotham Comedy Live. I have people say Live at Gotham all the time. You know, MCs. You know what? I, I've gotten that confused in my head too because it's such a. They're yeah, so similar. I mean, you yeah. Know, uh, and, you know, and Brewer hosted like them both. You know what I mean? So yeah, 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 right. yeah. So yeah. So it's you know uh, no. I'm like I'm like no no. John Evans and Jeff Tate were on Live at Gotham. They were actually I on was not. Yeah. yeah, like no. It's Gotham Comedy Live. It was on Access. Yeah. You know, I just tell them like it's Gotham Comedy Live. Do not say I was not on Comedy Central. Don't say that. Yeah. It just it just I don't know. Part of it is maybe me wanting to be honest, and the other half is just like I don't want people to think I'm a liar, you know, or well, trying like, to. There's, I think there's that's a, huge, a good thing. There's a huge fear of that. I th- there's a huge fear of that. Like we I'm said, a people it's, pleaser. It's such a big part of the business is having people think you're not, you know, like yeah. that. So that's why that's the whole problem with it is. Uh, once wow. you found out to be a liar, yeah, that's the yeah. worst thing. Well, dude, thanks for uh, chatting, brah. Thanks for having me, and this was cathartic. Yeah. I liked it. Do you want to have kids yet? Uh, no. Okay. No, cool. I'm not. All right. Well, uh, see you later. Follow your heart. Thank you. Thank you.